Hello, this is Judy Rodman of www.judyrodman.com, and you're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. Today's podcast is going to be concerning regaining your voice when you've had uh, some time off from singing. As a vocal coach, I've had many singers come to me wondering if it was possible to get their voices back after time off from singing. Sometimes they haven't been performing for years, and they just don't know if it's possible. Here's the answer. In short, unless you have some serious organic damage or disease, and most of the time, even then, you can indeed recover your voice. Whether it's been a few weeks, months, or even years, with proper training, you could end up with more vocal ability than you ever had to begin with. Here's some case studies. They're actual experiences that I've had with my clients. All right, first one. A young country artist abused his voice terribly until he finally lost it, and then he lost his career. He didn't perform hardly at all for four years and then felt the renewed passion and drive to see if it was possible. After some intensive retraining, I'm so happy to say that he's back on the road with a great, new, and vocally incredible album. The focus in his lessons was to concentrate on relaxing his deeply held, tenacious tension in his body and his voice. We also worked on his mental state, getting fear, dread, and counterproductive striving or trying too hard under control. As befitting power path and performance voice training, he regained his breath support and control, opened his throat, and was able to get his performance concentrated back on his audience through his songs rather than on how hard it was going to be to hit his high notes. Next study. This was a gospel singer and recording artist who had stopped singing due to such vocal strain that one of her vocal cords was diagnosed at a voice center with a degree of paralysis. After retraining, and this was just three weeks later, she was able to sing without the, uh, her break and, without, and, and her vocal cords were rescoped and working just fine. She now sings joyfully wherever she wants, both in live performance and in the studio, and actually teaches others this method. What we did in her lessons was to work on transferring the tension that she held in her throat, neck, and shoulders to her pelvic floor, where she learned to power from. This freed her throat and also eventually freed her mind from fear. Next case. An actress and singer came to me after being told she was too old to sing well anymore. After one power path and performance lesson, she was hitting her highest notes with as much ease as she ever had. In her lesson, what I did was to convince her by actually helping her accomplish those notes that it was indeed not true that her age effect affected her vocal ability. Actually, I find that the reverse can be true. As long as you're otherwise healthy, the hardening of the various cartilages comprising your voice box can allow for more sonorous tones, like a like well-cared-for older guitar or piano, can outplay the shiny new ones. 
Anyway, in her new confidence, she took on a body language that enabled better breath support and control, an open throat channel, and a focused ability to engage her audience with her songs. Here's the next case. A middle-aged rock singer came to me with a thin, tight, uncontrolled, screamy voice that didn't make his throat feel very good and actually wasn't very pleasant to hear. He now has successfully recorded several songs in the studio, is regularly playing out, and has an incredible controlled and emotionally compelling vocal delivery. He's also gaining quite a following. At his lessons, I started changing his posture right away. He had been working hard in another profession that required him to bend over a lot. But his heart needed to sing, and to sing rock. I actually enlisted an Alexander Technique practitioner to kind of double-team this student and scope out the subtle sources of tension that he was holding in his neck and shoulders and his body. And then we explored, after we found those sources of tension, we explored how to make those rock sounds without vocal strain through a clear, open throat. He's having a ball and sounding great. The last case study is about my own voice. I have so many other stories, but I, I, I'm kind of limited with this podcast, so we'll just end with my own experience. I don't perform live regularly, though I do teach and sing in the studio all the time. I find that I have to do the following things to be in my best voice for live concert. And, heads up, recording artists resting between tours or needing to get back into the studio. This will go for you for sure. First of all, pay attention to your health. I up my hydration, nutrition, sleep, and exercise, and I try to limit stress, sometimes limiting my work schedule. Two, I do my own vocal exercises. Even when I demonstrate vocal exercises for my students, they do most of the vocalizing. When I need to perform, my own voice needs to do full sets of various scales and exercises. Sometimes I find I need to exercise longer if for whatever reason I notice a thickness in my cords or a sluggishness in my voice. Say if the pollen count is particularly high or uh, for what, uh, whatever reason. Third, sing. I sing full voice in my practice sessions. I find it absolutely imperative to sing full volume at least as long as my gig is going to be and preferably twice as long. I do this every day for at least four days and preferably two weeks before my gig. Okay, well that should help you. Uh, and I thank you for joining me for the very first podcast in this All Things Vocal series. Talk to you next time. Meanwhile... You can find me at www.judyrodman.com.